welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host, Kelsey Loisel, and with me is my beautiful, voluptuous co-host. Voluptuous. <laughs> I'll take it. Vivacious. <laughs> Vivacious? Yeah. I'll definitely take that. Bootylicious. I do have a nice booty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is Mark Salcedo, the voluptuous, bootylicious co-host of the Real Appeal Podcast. <laughs> Uh, before we get into the show, I'd like to give you our social media information. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Facebook, we have The Real Appeal, Twitter at Real Appeal, and Instagram, The Real Appeal. Twitter is what? Appeal Real, right? That's what I said. Oh, okay. Real with two E's, correct? Yeah. Okay. In case they didn't get it already. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, we did actually decide... You know, look, first of all, first of all, mm-hmm. since we started the show, mm-hmm. I've been like, hey, Mark, do you think two hours is too long? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, nah, nah, of course no, not. No, everybody, you know, everybody else does it. And then finally, Mark's like, I'm going to change the format of the show. Like it's my own idea. Yeah, completely my own idea. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, you, because you and I had debated about the format of the show and, I always wanted to like pack it with entertaining segments, but then I realized after like what, like twelve episodes, I was like, okay, we're kind of going too long now. Yeah. Um. So we are gonna do a variation instead of like packing an episode with deathbed do over and try this not that and like long news and then like a topic discussion, a topic discussion, yeah, yeah. and Simon says and. Mm. All these things, uh, we're probably going to choose one, maybe two at the most of those things to put into an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way we're not going for two hours. <laughs> and also we can actually spend more time talking about things we want to talk about, I think. Yeah, yeah. So what are what are we going to cover this week? So uh, this week we have the news, mm-hmm. our recent review, The Good Boys, Yes, the good old boys. Actually, it's just called Good Boys. That's my fault. It's just called Good no, Boys. No, it's The Good Boys. Is it The Good Boys? Yeah. On IMDb, IMDb, it says Good Boys. No, it's The Good Boys. Okay. It's The Good Boys. Okay. I mean, the IMDb says Good Boys. Okay, look up on, look it up on another website. That's not IMDb? Yes. Okay. Because everywhere else I've heard it, The Good Boys. All right, let's look. Uh, good Boys. Listen as Good Boys. Wikipedia page. Good boys. Rotten Tomatoes. Good boys. <laughs> Website. Goodboysmovie.com. <laughs> okay, so it's the good boys? No. <laughs> it's good boys. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, try this, not that. Uh, so our try this will be the farewell. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, we, have, we actually have a not that. It's... Uh, I won't say what it is. Well... It'll probably be on the show notes, but it's it's gonna be uh, the latest prog- project from Nicholas uh, Winden Refn. Um, what's it called? Too old not to die young, or too young to die old? Some. It's too old to die young. I too think. Too old to die young. <sighs> but we'll get into detail about that. Yes. Um, and then that's all we're gonna. Oh yeah, the geriatric cinematic. Yes. Duh. The reason why we do this show. <laughs> What is, our ger- what is our geriatric cinematic? Slums of Beverly Hills. Slums of Beverly Hills. So look, usually we choose something that Mark has seen that I haven't. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Mark? Yes, I, yeah, or or there's some cases where there's something we haven't, both of us haven't seen, like uh, Easy Rider. When both of us hadn't seen that movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but mostly we usually choose what Mark wants to watch. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Please stop it. You know, you and I talk about this. We're like, which one do you want to do? I have these suggestions. Look, what do you I think? know what we do before the show and mm-hmm. I know you're right, but I'm going to make the audience think that you're a dictator. Oh, okay. 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 I like that. I like that. Mm. So I'm going to take wholesome duties over the show today. No, you make Forever. me do it when you're like, take care of my life oh work. shut up <laughs> shut up anyway anyway okay all right so on. yeah slums of beverly hills is our geriatric cinematic mm-hmm. as my ankle pops <laughs> and <laughs> yeah if you guys if you guys do notice something in the background uh there's a helicopter looking searching for somebody searching for somebody and it's getting late we're like we gotta record so fuck that cop <laughs> also we're like oh maybe they'll go away and then all of a sudden we are <laughs> yeah and it actually sounds like that no like she's not even exaggerating that was that was actual an actual recording <laughs> all right so uh onto the news yes in the news today uh or i'm sorry the news for this week's episode um neil blumkamp who is oh, sorry bloom bloom kemp uh <laughs> he is no longer doing the robocop movie um this actually breaks my heart because this is going to be a this RoboCop movie was actually going to be called RoboCop Returns. It was going to be considered a direct sequel after RoboCop Two. So RoboCop Three was thrown out the window. Uh, the RoboCop TV show was thrown out the window. That even that uh, remake that had Michael Keaton in it um, that's thrown out the window. So Neil Blomkamp, he's a great visual director. Some he has been kind of falling off with certain movies like Elysium and Chappie. But if you guys want to see, if you guys don't want to sit down and like rewatch district nine, which is the one movie that got him off the ground, you definitely want to check out his, uh, YouTube channel. Um, that has some great, 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 uh, short films. Uh, and what is that? YouTube? It's called, Oh, it's called Oat studio. Anyway. So he's, he's not going to do the RoboCop sequel um what happened was let me see the plan called for bloomkamp to work from a script written by by the film's original writers and bloomkamp had pretty much announced on twitter uh off robocop i'm shooting a new horror slash thriller and mgm can't wait need to shoot robocop now excited to watch it in theaters with other fans in um i i i'm i'm, I'm sure i'm not the only one i'm sure you listeners can appreciate the greatness that is Paul Van Hooven's 1987 classic Robocop film. Uh, it Look, is a f- all great things were made in 1987. Oh, yes, especially if it's a Paul Van Hooven film. Well, especially if it's a Kelsey Mejia Rodarte slash Loisel. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, you've seen Van Hooven's work, um, Starship Troopers. We went to go see that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's a great film. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, the original writers were going to tackle this script. Um, I don't know what's the stasis of it now. My guess is they are going to, MGM's going to grab another director. Um, I'm actually really glad that the original writer is coming back, or one of the original writers is coming back. Um, I can't remember which one, because I've actually met one of them. 
at a book festival and i can't remember which one but he was like the nicest guy and i told him i was like yo like your robocop movie taught me how to fear cops (laughs) (laughs) forget the fact that i'm black and already have kind of an inherent fear yeah robocop is the one that taught me I, i saw that movie when i was like five six or something like that that i think robocop gave me the fear of machinery Oh, yeah, the Ed 209s, right? That scared the shit out of you, didn't it? It did. Oh, my fucking God. You want to you wanna tell? Didn't you, wasn't there a story behind that that you told me? Or you just told me that that, that thing just looks creepy? No, it was just really scary. Okay. Yeah, that thing is kind of scary. It, it's funny, too. Like, and it always finds you. And it always yeah. busts through fucking but walls check and this shit. Out. Check this out. You know what's his weakness? Stairs. <laughs> Swear to God, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's a, that's a good one. But um, yeah, uh, no word on if MGM is still moving forward. I mean, they probably are. Um, well, no, they probably are because that's the thing. Um, he he's off the movie because he wasn't available when they wanted him to be available. So mm. they're going to push ahead without him. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's no word on who his replacement is going to be. Or why do they need to do this film? Like right fucking now. I know. Like, I don't know why they can't. I mean, the funny thing is like, no one's really asking for this. They only started asking for this Robocop returns when the news came out that Neil Blomkamp was directing it. That was like, yes, we want that movie. Yeah. Now he's not, now he's not going to direct it. Now people are like, all right whatever i don't think we want it now yeah so i mean like i said no no news on on uh who they're gonna get to replace it but i don't know it's it's a it's a serious loss opportunity yeah speaking of loss um we did that easy rider episode not that long ago yeah easy rider and uh once upon a time in hollywood yeah combo and uh peter fonda recently passed away at the age, I think, of 79. Dude was old. Yeah. Um, his sister, Jean Fonda, said in a statement, I am very sad. He was my sweethearted baby brother, the talker of the family. I have had beautiful alone time with him these last days. He went out laughing. And then his wife, Parky, uh, released a statement. Uh, on behalf of the family saying in one of the saddest moments of our lives, we are not able to find the appropriate words to express the pain in our hearts. And while we mourn the loss of this sweet and gracious man, we also wish for all to celebrate his indomitable spirit and love of life in honor of Peter. Please raise a glass to freedom. I think it's, <laughs> I don't, this is, this is a serious thing, but I think it's kind of funny how Jane Fonda said he went out laughing, right? Mm-hmm. So I can just picture him like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like that's it. I honestly think of Peter Fonda, and I cannot, I swear to God, not think of him without thinking about Squidward. Yeah, you said that in the last episode. He looks like he looked like a, the handsome Squidward, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he, he when he died, he was still kind of handsome. So. He's like an old handsome Squidward that died, maybe. There was one picture of him, and I was like, yeah, he looks like a pretty good old man. And then there was another picture of him, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's how it normally is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he what, he had died of uh, lung cancer, correct? Yeah, it was lung cancer. Damn, man. Yeah, he, he, um, I know he was a great actor. I've seen him in Easy Rider. I've seen him in a couple other things. Um, Yuli's Gold. 
Um, I've never heard of that, but apparently, you know, he 30 years after Easy Rider came out, he was in that. and Yeah, he was nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. I haven't checked it out. I've been meaning to. Um, I mean, but still, I mean, the dude's like a legend in Hollywood. I mean, plus, like, his his family comes from, like, a legacy of, like, actors and actresses. Like, his father was Henry Fonda, who, had been, who was, like, a tv movie and stage actor his sister jane fonda he has a daughter bridget fonda who's an actress as well i i don't know what she's doing right now but jane fonda is on that show with lily tomlin um on netflix right now which is escaping me uh but yeah i mean i mean he was old 79 he lived he lived a long life and it sucks that uh that he went out like that yeah but you know maybe he'll be free now Grace and Frankie. That's the name of the show. That's on Netflix. Mm. Which I've seen a few episodes. That shit's actually pretty funny. Is it? Yeah. And now, mm. the oh. uh, the thing that I really want you to talk about, because I want to see you dig into this. Okay. So, CBS and Viacom agree to merge. It's a $30 billion deal. Now, this is, an actually, this is actually a really interesting story. Um... CBS and Viacom were split in, I believe, in 2006? 2006 or 2004? It was 2006. 2006. They were split um, to two separate entities. And ever since then, um, the head honcho of uh, of Viacom, who is uh, Sumner Redstone. Sumner Redstone is like this big shot in Hollywood. And the thing about it is this dude is 96 and he has not been seen in the public eye for like years. People are saying that supposedly he's not even fully capable of running this business. His daughter, Sherry Redstone, had been fighting for control um, for this company, for, um, for I believe, Viacom. And, uh, but she was going up against uh, some of the restaurant's girlfriends who he was like giving control of the company to them mm. to like a VP who his name is escaping me right now. Um, and it was getting like a brutal fight. At one point there is, Oh Lord, forgive me. I can't find the guy's name. Let me see. Some of the restaurants split CBS from Viacom 2006 and believe it would unshackle the more profitable entertainment vehicle Viacom from the lagging. There you go. Old school network television, CBS, uh, Les Moonves, Les Moonves, uh, got ousted because there is all this news coming out about Les Moonves, who was like screwing people's careers over on purpose, who was having like these dirty deals. He like sexually assaulted multiple women that like came out and before all this came out, Viacom and CV, uh, Sherry Moon, sorry, Sherry Moonstone was trying to get these companies back together and Les Moonves Moonves was like no I want more money and then what just so happened that uh, oh what the the reporter Mia Farrow's son just so happened to get this information about what Les Moonves was doing behind closed doors and they fucking kicked him out Mm. and as soon as he got kicked out everybody was like the CBS and Viacom merger is going to happen Without a Ronan Farrow, Ronan Farrow, that's the that's the reporter's name. Mm. Ronan Farrow, great reporter. Um, as soon as Les Moonves was kicked out, uh, people people knew this was going to happen, and now it finally happened. 
Um, well, I mean, barring the government not blocking them. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people think this. A lot of people think that the uh, the Justice Department is not going to stop this because it's not as big of a deal as uh, like AT and T, AT and T, and Time Warner, or when uh, Disney was buying uh, uh, Fox. Right. It's not as big as that. So a lot of people are speculating that the reason why this one of the biggest reasons this deal is happening is because um, CBS and Viacom are trying to are trying to compete with uh, the streaming service war, mm-hmm. the streaming wars that are coming. They need a battle against Amazon and all that stuff. CBS they have a, a couple of good shows that's um, that's getting good good praise. One's Star Trek Discovery mm-hmm. that's getting a lot of praise. Um, the twi- the Twilight Zone remake, from what I heard, is actually really good. I've only seen like one episode. I heard the episodes are hit or miss. Some of them are good, and some of them are not so good. Okay. So yeah, this whole thing happened, and now Sherry Redstone, who she's pretty much because oh and another another thing that's uh, another thing that's this is actually be still a problem is because Sherry Redstone holds I think majority of control of this company of Viacom, and a lot of people a lot of people on the board are not going to like this because they can say we don't agree with it, but she still holds like majority of shares. Uh, with these companies, mm. um, uh, there is a statement from what's his name, Viacom Chief Executive Bob uh, Bob Kish. He says our unique ability to produce premium and polar content for global audience at a, at scale for our platforms and for our partners around the world will enable us to maximize our business for today, while positioning us to lead for tomorrow. <sighs> so it's a huge deal. Is a huge freaking deal. Um, this will combine Showtime with Viacom's Paramount Television and movie studios, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, and MTV. Does anyone watch MTV anymore? I don't even think it should be called MTV anymore. I mean, do they even show music on that fucking channel anymore? They should just merge MTV and True TV. Huh. That completely makes sense. It's the same fucking yeah. thing. Yeah, it is. Except I think True TV is more entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And what's that, what's that one show? Adam Ruins Everything? I think that's on True TV. That's a great show. I haven't seen that one, but I've been interested that in it. That is a great, great show. Um, yeah, so this this happened. $30 billion. It caused for all this merge to happen. Uh, so I don't know how big. I mean, it's always going to make a, a huge difference with all these channels. going to be under one roof. Um, but it doesn't. We'll have to see if it, down the line how big. A shift is this going to cause? Like, are they going to do anything with it? I mean, because they're both two houses right now, right now that aren't really doing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. They might, if anything, they might start. Now they have this. They have all this under one roof. They might try to to buy or purchase more shows, more content. To now they have this huge power. Now they have all this money coming in uh, from one pocket, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my guess. You're gonna probably gonna start seeing more content being created by uh, what's called Viacom CBS now. That's my understanding. Mm. Every time I think of Viacom, I think of um, this one commercial that they used to have. I don't know if it was a commercial or I think it's how the Cosby Show opened every time. How to how to go? I don't know. It was like Viacom, but it would be like. Oh yeah, that's that's Viacom. But they would like I don't know they had like their opening and I forgot what it was yeah. but it was really weird and then yeah 
I no, that was I believe that was at the end, and it would be like Viacom, boom, something like that, just like that. Viacom, yeah, yeah, it was actually going. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. You guys just gotta wait and see what happens next. Also. I mean, I love that whole, like, the legal stuff about it, mm-hmm. but I don't give two shits about Viacom or CBS. Well, that's the thing. If you, like, because I've been following this story for, like, two or three years, and, like, like it's kind of it's kind of died down for a little bit mm. up until, like, ne- recently with this story. So, as soon as, that com- as soon as that story came out, all that information came flooding back, like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> if you guys want an idea of what, of the, the level of drama this show, um this company had to go through watch the show succession succession is the best 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 example of of what was going on just to kind of give you an idea uh, dramatic, like what could happen behind doors yeah a kind of a doors. dramatic kind of idea um yeah i mean that's 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 like the best way i would say say if you kind of without if you want to dramatize it you want to you want to watch hbo succession it'll give you like the best example hmm yeah. Also watch Euphoria. That's nothing to do with what we're talking about. But. <laughs> I just want me to continue to tell everybody, watch Euphoria. Watch Euphoria. Watch Euphoria. <laughs> All right. So uh, now we're going to move on to our recent review. Um, Mark and I saw this this weekend, and it is Good Boys. We're in sixth grade now. We need to start doing sixth grade things. I know what cocaine is. Annabelle, get the fuck out of here. Be back, boys only, you little shit. Annabelle's been watching Dateline. She now knows what cocaine is. Hi. Oh my God. What the fuck? Let me be a beanbag boy. I'll grow a tiny penis like Thor's. Tonight is our first middle school party. There's gonna be girls there. You know what that means? Drama. No kissing. I'm out. I'm guessing you're not the popular kids in school. Okay, uh, it was directed by Gene Stepnitsky. Uh, he did a couple of episodes of The Office. And then Lee Eisenberg wrote it. He did Year One, which I didn't really like that movie, I think. You saw that movie? Yeah, it was really... I don't. I didn't finish watching it. Ugh. <laughs> okay. Um, he wrote for The Office, so I don't know. Maybe he's like good and bad. I don't know. Yeah, these guys, I, um, the director and the writer, they kind of have, they're they're mainly known as producers, and I guess now they get into the whole, uh, they get into the whole directing game now. Mm. Okay, well, based on what we saw, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll have we'll have to tell you about it, but you know, we'll see. I'll tell you later. Okay, <laughs> you know, later. Starring Jacob Tremblay. As Max and Keith L. Williams as Lucas and Brady Noon as Thor. Thor. I know. <laughs> His name is Thor. <laughs> and you know what's funny? They don't really like bring it up at all. That his name is fucking Thor. Nope. Yeah, they're just like, oh yeah, go the good. And like, it, the funny thing is, like, while we were watching this movie, I kept seeing, I kept hearing it. And I was like, that kid named Thor? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> it was Thor. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> um, the synopsis is three sixth grade boys ditch school and embark on an epic journey while carrying accidentally stolen drugs, being hunted by teenage girls and trying to make their way home in time for a long awaited party. It's a kissing party. It's a kissing party. But my God. 
<laughs> what, what did you think of oh the movie? Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> I I fucking love this movie. This movie was so damn hilarious. Hmm. Um a lot of the comedy reminds me of, of um and, and this speaks volumes of who the producers are. It's um uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Um and their style of comedy is kind of like fast. Mm-hmm. Or it's just like really improvising, and they probably fo- they probably follow this follow the same style of filming that Judd Apatow does, where um, Judd Apatow will go okay action, and then they'll just let he'll just let the actors riff nonstop, mm. and they'll just keep going and going and going, and whatever's the funniest, they'll be like okay cool, we're gonna use that right. Um, with this movie, oh my god, this movie was unbelievably funny. Um, I had read a review that. Um, that said that this movie will make you laugh every single minute along the way. And I was like, no, come on, it's not that funny. Yo, I could not stop laughing at most of the shit that they were doing. (laughs) You have had, if you've been following us, the privilege of hearing Mark's laugh cry. Yes. He did that a few times during this movie. Yes, I laugh cry. I, I had to, it had to be at least three times. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. And normally normally a comedy a good a good comedy will get me like once. Mm. But this one got me three fucking times. <laughs> I was like, damn. I actually kinda I actually really want to rewatch it now. I do too. Yeah. So um What did you think? I thought here we go, we're gonna watch a movie <laughs> with kids in uh, it. And then it was funny. Like, I usually hate the whole teenager versus little kid trope. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was well done. Oh, with the uh, the, the teenage girls, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that was really executed well. It was. Um, it, it pulls a lot of punches. Mm-hmm. Like, the funniest things are the things that you don't expect to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. And also, then they end up, some of them end up being things that you can totally relate to. And that's what makes it funny. Yeah, there's a, there's several times where there was a joke and I was like, yeah, I live that. I, I should live that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, for how raunchy it was, there were times I'd catch myself mm. like, damn. What kind of parents do these kids have to be letting them in this movie with all of this swearing? Yeah, there's like there's a lot of times the kids are saying fuck and shit and getting like really crazy details and like certain stuff. Mm. Um, from what I heard, obviously the movie's rated R, so from what I heard, like the kids can't even watch the trailers for the movie. <laughs> from what i heard i'm not sure if that's true but i mean it i even i think i think the only trailers that they have are like red bad trailers which is like rated r trailers yeah yeah um what you think what did you think about the kids what did you think of the kids the kids performances i you know what i thought they did a great job mm. um the one so you get the 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 nerd the jock and the um like the square yeah no no no. the square would be the nerd like he was oh you talking about the uh keith williams right the black kid yeah yeah he was the square and then then we had the jock which was thor thor but he wasn't really a jock he was more like a uh like a music enthusiast like he wanted to be a singer yeah he was like one of those guys that it's like if someone's in the closet uh oh 
but you know they so want to come out of the closet but mm-hmm. they're like no, no no it's not cool like i'm just gonna keep that to myself yeah because i don't want to get made fun of yeah um he's like that yeah. and so the other character he's like Ooh. like he's the leader which one jacob uh Tribilli, right Tribil Tribilli? yeah the one who played max right yeah yeah okay so um i like that you had all of those tropes mm-hmm. in here mm. And they all did a really good job with it. Like, it wasn't too annoying. So, mm. like, Thor being that kid who's like, oh, look at me. He wasn't to the point where I wanted to knock him out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he was actually funny. Yeah, I, and I like, I really enjoyed how uh, the three, like, their, their friendship seemed real genuine, too. Yeah, like, they, like, like they, maybe they were friends on set. Yeah, they had to be like real close friends on set because they were able to like bounce off each other so damn well. And like mm. these kids are, well, they they say it over and over, but they're they're tweens, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were able just to pick up that relationship and like carry it along through the whole movie, which was so awesome. Yeah. Well, did you know that Keith Williams is actually nineteen? Shut. No, he's not. No, he's not. Shut up. No, shut up. You're smart. Like, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. That's a joke. I know that's a joke. I know that's a joke. That's a joke in the movie, too. You're like, oh, man. Let me, that's a joke as I look this up. That's I know. Joke, right? me, tappity tap tap tappity tap tap. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think he's 19. <laughs> yeah, he's not. No. <laughs> um, I really kind of just want to get into the spoilers. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So uh, here's a spoiler. Now we can get into it. Mm-hmm. Let's dig into this shit. <laughs> I feel like the reason why Thor got the name that he has mm-hmm. is because his parents are just so, I don't know, like, I mean, they have a house, mm-hmm. so they're not complete fucking idiots. Okay. But like, they have all these sex toys everywhere. Oh, the sex like toys. Like, he's... Thor, you know, like you never meet his parents. Yeah, that's what I realized. You yeah. meet everybody else's parents. Yeah, you you meet Max's parents. Uh, his father is played by um, comedian actor uh, Will Forte, um, and you do meet uh, Lucas's parents. This Keith Williams character and his his mother and father is uh, his father is um, uh, Little Rail Howie and uh, Retta. Uh, Little Rail is from Get Out. He played. Uh, the homeboy's best friend, the T the TSA agent. Oh, uh huh. Yeah, that dude. That is a great. That dude's a great comedian. I, I really like watching his um, whatever he shows up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's yeah. I, that's weird. Thor's parents is never in the fucking movie. For all we know, that fucking sex doll is his actually his mom. No, take that back. <laughs> I take that back. We never meet his father. His mother is in the movie for like a second. Oh. At the beginning, when they're when they're playing cards in the beanbag, oh yeah, his mother's in it for like a second, but like that's it. That's like the only time you see his fucking parents. Yeah, so fucking weird. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay, so you get into 
how did the movie even start? Because it's so fucking funny. All I can think about um, is all the funny shit, not how it actually opens. I, I, I remember like they start playing. Um, oh, his dad. I think Max's dad is leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Max is on. He's on a laptop and he's about to hop on like Pornhub or some shit like that. Yeah. And then like Will Forte comes in. He's like, OK, buddy, I'm taking off now. And then he notices like he tried to tie like a cord around the knob in yeah. his bed, yeah. but the door opens in, not out. Yeah, so yeah. there's no way he he was like locking the door that way. Yeah. So his dad is like talking to him. Then he notices and he's like, oh, I know what you're doing. I'm so proud of you, son. And he's like, dad, shut up. Yeah. And he doesn't hide it too. He's like, I remember being your age and discovering and he, the joys. As he of- sits down on the bed to talk to <laughs> yeah. him. And it's really like father and son moment and shit. <laughs> I remember discovering the joys of masturbation. <laughs> he's like, Dad, shut up. <laughs> and then he goes, by the way, don't touch my drone. That's yeah. the MacGuffin, isn't it? The MacGuffin is the drone. Yeah. Um, well, the, oh, I, yeah, I, well, I guess one MacGuffin leads to the other MacGuffin. Where, um, oh, and the drugs, too. The, dro- <laughs> the Molly drugs. Yeah, so the, the kid, so... Max gets invited to like this kissing party and this girl he has a crush with is going to be there. And Max tells the cool kid, uh, oh, who's that kid's name? Soren. And he says, Hey, can my friends come? Cause we're the beanbag boys. And <laughs> that's their nickname. <laughs> that's the group of their, that's the name of the group in the movie, the beanbag boy. And there's even several times where they're like, we're the beanbag boys. We people, do everything together. Yeah. People were just like, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> um, so obviously, Max, you know, being a tween, he doesn't know how to kiss. So him and his friends, uh, Thor and Lucas, help him. They they try to uh, give him the knowledge of how to kiss. And there's a scene where, like, <laughs> there's a scene where, like, they have, they look on uh, how to kiss. No, kissing in porn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, like, it's so funny because, like, when they type in porn, it's, like, dramatic, like, B, done, O, done, R, done, B, B, done, delete, delete, and done. (laughs) (laughs) And then comes, like, you know, them actually, like, watching a porno, and it's obviously a bad one, and they're horrified. They're completely (laughs) horrified what they're watching. Yeah, turn it off, and they're, like, almost going to break the laptop. They're at Thor's house, by the way. They skipped school. That's when they skipped school? They already had skipped school. Okay. So, yeah, they had... Um, so, the kids, they're like, okay, well, we got to figure this out. And they there's a girl that they know that has a boyfriend. Because there's kind of a... There's kind of an A plot. There's actually an A plot, a B plot, and a C plot. And the A plot is um, Max and his friends trying to get this... Uh, try to get another... What's it called? Uh, the thing, the helicopter thing. Drone. Drone. You get... Oh, <clears throat> sorry. They have to try to get another drone to replace the one that is broken because the father was like, don't touch my drone because it's for work. And that's the A plot is him trying to replace the drone. The B plot is the fact that Lucas, his parents are going through a divorce, <laughs> which is mildly realistic, but still really funny. Yeah, because every time he's like, you know, I would like to be over like a real family, mm-hmm. but, you know. People change, and then his mom is like, mm-hmm. Yeah, the father says mm-hmm. that, you know, people change. People go, you know, people grow apart, and the mom's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, like, there's some shit that we don't know that happened. <laughs> 
And then the C plot is involves uh, the two teenage the two teenage girls who is Hannah and Lily, and how Hannah, um, I guess, kind of split up with her boyfriend mm-hmm. after the boyfriend had gave her Molly drugs, and they end up losing these drugs because the kids get a hold of it. Oh whole- yeah, so like. First of all, mm-hmm. you totally skipped the funny part of what they were doing at Thor's house. They skipped. Oh. Sc- they skipped school, and they were trying to find out how you know, yeah. like how kissing works. Mm-hmm. They didn't find out by the internet because mm-hmm. they didn't type in how to kiss. They yeah, typed how- in porn and different things. But yeah, they didn't yeah. type in how to kiss. Mm-hmm. So then they're like, "Oh, let's use Max's." Oh wait. They decided to try to practice on Thor's parents' CPR doll. Yeah, the CPR doll. And as soon as like they show the CPR doll, it's really like they a... They pan up. <laughs> yeah, and it's a fucking sex doll. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Because we're jumping all over the place. I have to mention the time where I... I had to mention the first time I fucking cracked up, like cry laughing. Oh, yeah. And it was a scene near the beginning of the movie where Max uh, goes... Uh, is at a skate park with his friends. And the girl that he likes is a skater girl. And her friend comes over and saying like, "Hey, you want to go to this kissing party? Your girl, the girl you like, is gonna be there." Blah 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 blah. So then Max says, "Okay, you know, he's on a bike." He says, "Okay, cool," and he turns around and falls over. And he goes, "Fuck!" He goes, <laughs> <laughs> "I mean, you guys can picture it. It's not that funny, but when you when I saw it, I could not stop laughing." Because that reminds me of the stupidest shit I did in school. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm fucking cool. And I will like slip and fall or get hit in the face with a basketball or like trip or get a door slammed in my face. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So back to the CPR doll. <laughs> so first of all, I'm going to mention what she's wearing and then I'll come back to that later. Okay. She's wearing like Daisy Dukes and mm-hmm. like like a tube top. Yeah, like a sun tube top. Thing. Yeah, like, like a, definitely summer like a summer thing. top. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, all right, let's practice kissing. So Max like leans in and then... Okay. <laughs> so his friend, Lucas, mm-hmm. is like, wait, wait, wait. You have to ask a girl for consent to kiss her. Yeah, they really like put the whole consent thing over and over. And not like in a joking <laughs> way. They're like, no, no consent like for real dude you gotta do consent (laughs) so he's like may i kiss you and then his friend lucas well max asked that Mm -hmm. right because he was gonna kiss the doll and then lucas is like that depends what (laughs) what do you like about me? what do you like about me yeah that's when lucas (laughs) starts pretending to be the girl and then max is like um you're smart and funny and blah 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 blah." and then lucas is like all right i consent i consent and then they kiss. So he kisses the sex doll. I just remember what happens after. They go, how was it? And he's like, sticky. And why do I have hair in my mouth? <laughs> oh, that was gross. So then they realize, okay, this isn't working like... We need to see how other people do this. Yeah, so they that's when like that's when the drone comes in and um they bring in uh the the two, the two teenagers and everything. They're trying to spy on them. 
and they get caught. Well, the drone gets caught, and uh, the girls are like, you know, we're going to tell everybody that you're perverts and you're spying on us and everything. And oh, and that's that one of the girls because they asked about the they asked like uh, what's it? Lucas admits like we're both going to a kissing kissing party and we don't know how to, uh, my friend here doesn't know how to kiss. And we looked on the internet and Abigail was porn. And she goes, that's why you type in how to kiss. Yeah. Like we learned from YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. From YouTube. That's a generation YouTube. So um, they walk out of the house. They don't get the drone or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like impossibly Thor's coolest moment. Mm. He's like, I got their purse. Yeah. And the purse. <laughs> purse had like a cell phone tampon like they dump it out and they have like a bottle it's like supposedly children's uh vitamins chewable vitamins and come to find out like that's the drugs that they, they would get want yeah. to get this so then they do like this really stupid like hostage negotiation kind of switch off thing in a playground <laughs> they're like the teenage girls are like okay we want where's we want our mollies back and max goes who's molly who's we didn't molly? bring molly we didn't bring molly and then <laughs> then they find out what it is and then lucas is like holy shit you had us bring drugs on a school playground like they call them out like that. screaming at a playground for everyone to hear yeah. <laughs> so like that's that's how the, that's pretty much like how the movie goes like they have to get a drone like the girls are trying to get the drugs from them and everything and it's just like a copious amount of just like bad shit happening to them but funny shit at the same time mm. um I actually have to point out the one part where I was cracking up laughing. Mm-hmm. They decide, first of all, they're going to sell this card. They're into like this game called Ascension. They're going to sell this card that's worth like 600 bucks mm-hmm. for the drone. And at the last second, Lucas is like, I can't do this. Let's yeah. do something else. Yeah. So they end up selling. Um, well, 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 let's talk about the like, lead up to that. The, the 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 they're they're making a decision to sell the card to begin with and they got a contact from somebody and it's uh actor i think his name is stephen fry he's mm. a british actor and like they're like hey we need weapons because this guy might be a pervert oh yeah and thor's like my mom has my parents have weapons and one <laughs> they find the weapons and it's uh a gimp mask a vibrator and like anal beads. <laughs> oh no! And also, uh, like a whip. Like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a whip, like a kind of like a horse whip thing. I, no, it I, was like you know the ones with the stick and then the like a lit. Yeah, that one. It's a paddle whip. And when they answered the door, the kids are just standing there. One of them has a vibrator. <laughs> oh, and they think the anal beads are <laughs> are necklaces. <laughs> like it smells like shit. <laughs> okay, yeah. So then that's when like they, that's when they um. They meet the the guy who's going to come buy the card and, yeah. you know, it's in mint condition and everything. And at the last second, Lucas is like, no, nah, I can't do this. Yeah. You know, this is our friendship here. So um, they decide that they're going to sell Thor's CPR doll to the mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, the CPR doll. Let's <laughs> yes. keep calling it that. <laughs> and uh, the guy's like, oh, my God, this is a fucking steal. Like, he got it for like... 500 like 500 bucks he's like i would have paid a thousand and he was running out of the house with the doll right yeah and so later Mm -hmm. like much later in the movie they they basically were trying to cross a freeway yeah to get to the mall to get to the mall Uh and 
so Max, like, they start arguing. There's no, there's traffic. It's like a stop, but they start arguing and traffic starts going and they don't notice. Yeah, and they get stuck in the center and divider. Then, no, and then all of a sudden there's like, no, there's like, it's going fast. So mm. they, they do get stuck in the center divider because they're arguing. And then Max decides he's just going to make a run for it. <laughs> so he makes a run for it and he's like, look, I fucking made it. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> Lucas is like, fine so he does it too and then max's uh, thor is like i'm not scared he's like i want my mom i don't want to go over there <laughs> yeah and he's like i'm just gonna live here i'm just gonna live <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna live here <laughs> and he's like squatting down like almost out of camera view so yeah. it's funnier yeah um but he finally decides to make a run for it but he like hesitates in the middle of the road and causes like an accident well yeah remember that's when he because earlier in the movie they um uh, Thor has uh, earlier in the movie. The Thor uh, is pressured to drink a, a, a just drink a beer, and he doesn't drink it. So he, he so around the school they call him sippy cup. S- yeah, sippy cup Thor or something like that. Mm-hmm. And to prove his like worth or his popularity, they go to a liquor store and he steals a bottle of beer to bring to the party because he wants he doesn't want to be known as sippy cup Thor. And when that's when he crossed the freeway. And the beer like drops out of his pocket. Oh, that's right. So he goes back for the fucking beer. Yeah. <laughs> and these two cars crash and like it causes like another car to hit those two cars. Yeah, and like, like it looks like a person comes out of the windshield and it's the fucking sex doll that they stay sold to the guy yeah but she's but she's wearing a yellow dress she was wearing a yellow dress when they sold it Mm -hmm. so in the amount of time from when they were practicing kissing and everything they the parents must have used it because it was dressed differently Maybe, maybe, maybe the guy who, or maybe the kids dressed it to make it look well, more yeah, like a parent. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, remember. Yeah, because when they found it, it was like that, and they and they used the doll to make it seem like that was the parent. When the guy came, because the guy was a creep, they didn't know if he was going to do anything, and of course, he wasn't going to do anything if a parent was there. Right. So that's when, like, they make it seem like it, it's a it's a real person. Right. Yeah, but that part where essentially, like, <laughs> the the sick doll catapult or rockets out of the car <laughs> out of the windshield or through the windshield i remember that scene we, we were in a theater of like maybe eight people everybody in that theater was cracking up at that scene well it's funny because then thor goes i didn't kill anybody yeah i thought the, the part that i found so hilarious is when <laughs> the first with the where when the sex doll gets through the window and you don't think it's a sex doll you think like holy shit it's a real person <laughs> and the kids think it's a real person and you see the dress <laughs> yeah but like while you see this like the kids they they, they cut to the kids and the kids are like ah, ah, and lucas <laughs> lucas just throws oh yeah and i got that fucking lost it <laughs> So it's like you get distracted because you go from one thing to another. You go from, you go from uh, him trying to grab the bottle. Then there's an accident. Then another car hits. Mm-hmm. Then someone comes catapulting out of the window. Yeah. Then Lucas is throwing up. <laughs> then you realize, oh wait, it's the fucking sex, sex doll, doll randomly. <laughs> yeah. And then the kids are like, woo, we didn't 
kill anybody. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, they go on their merry little way. Um, <laughs> like they get the drone and everything. And so they, they get the drone and they, well, they no, they're going to buy the drone. I remember the girls had bought it first. Yeah. Which, okay, I, ha- I, have, I have this biggest issue. This, this is actually the biggest issue I have with the movie. They buy this drone, right? Because they know the <laughs> I kid- know where you're going. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they buy this drone because they want they know the kids are coming and the kid they know that the kids what drone the kids are looking for because they end up telling they end up like accidentally telling them and saying where they're gonna get it. So they buy this drone, and this drone's like six hundred dollars. Mm. Okay. And when they and like the, the teenagers leave this note saying, like, yeah, the to the salesperson, the salesperson says something like, Yeah, these girls say yeah, that you're gonna come pick this up, so here's this drone. I mean, here's here's the note. And they go and meet him up, which is like very, um, very, uh, was, I think it's called like all the king's men or the president's men, kind of like clandestine. Deep, yeah. And like deep throat and secret shit and everything like mm. that. This, so the girl mentions, I paid 600, I spent $600 for this fucking drone. I want my drugs. Yo, $600 for two fucking mollies. That's expensive. That, no. <laughs> no, 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 Molly's is not worth that. That's not where I thought you were going. That's that, that's okay. Where, where was I going? There is no way that the kid can unpackage a drone and it'll fucking pair up to his. Oh yeah, that was phone. another problem. Like, oh yeah, that was unrealistic. What was even more unrealistic was the whole drug thing. <laughs> like, come on, this <laughs> is like, like, girl, why don't you just find somebody to buy your drugs? What are we six hundred dollars for the Molly's? She's white. Okay. I'll be, <sighs> like, yeah, as a white person. I white, don't white fucking person. know where to get drugs from. The white person. <laughs> if you come across them mm-hmm. by accident or you know someone and then all of a sudden you don't like that person anymore, uh-huh. you never get the chance again. That is true. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So they have to go buy the drugs from this girl's ex-boyfriend now. <laughs> the ex-boyfriend's not going to sell to her. So they're like, and the ex-boyfriend's in college. He's a, he's a frat boy. And they go to this frat house. Okay, I'll have to admit that this this is where the movie kind of slowed down a little too much for me. Like that whole like the the lead up to that to the lead up to the big like frat scene mm. was kind of a slow kind of like all right, it's getting I don't know it was weird because like it seemed like the pace of the movie was going really well at a really even pace, and there was like the right amount of jokes, the right amount of times to take a break, and it seemed like I don't know at the time that I I felt like that kid the kid Lucas was mm. getting really fucking annoying. Because he was too fucking square. Because he was like, we're buying drugs. Oh, my God, we're buying drugs. It was just like. Yeah, he was kind of hitting it hard a little too much. But it was funny. Every time they used the air horn, he'd scream like a girl. <laughs> yes, that was funny. Yeah, because the it's the, it's it, at the frat house, they're doing initiation and stuff like that. And there's a constant air horn. And then um, then comes like this big, like, kind of shootout scene. Okay, yeah. So. What happens is, you know, they tell a guy where, you know, they were there for um, Hannah's now ex-boyfriend. Mm-hmm. They want to buy drugs. Yeah. And he's the guy is like, all right. So they go get the guy. But yeah. while they're waiting there, they're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy who has a bong and like he takes a hit of it and he doesn't care that there's kids sitting right next to him or anything. Yeah. And he like blow and he blows like the weed in Lucas's face. Yeah, and then like, Lucas is like, "I'm high." Yeah, I'm high now. You could clearly tell he's not high. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the guy comes downstairs and he is like, what do you want? And they're like, oh, we want to buy drugs. And he's like, no fucking way. You're kids. I'm not going to sell you drugs. No, no. He's like, he's like, you two are kids. You, on the other hand, points to Lucas. You're my AP bio class, aren't you? <laughs> and, they, oh, and they make a joke to that earlier in the movie where um, I, I think Thor is like, Thor's like, clear, Lucas, clearly you look like an 18-year-old right now. Mm. And then it was like, that was so stupid. But then like it comes back and the guy's like, yeah, you're my AP bio class. Which makes a commentary on how white people view black kids. Sometimes they see them as adults. Yes. Social commentary. Message. Well, it's okay. Because I never see you as an adult. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So... Then he's like, I'm not selling you guys drugs. You know, get out of here. But then Max, like, he's like, I'm going to walk away. But then he's like, no, I have an idea. So then he... Pulls out a paintball gun yeah. that they stashed in his backpack earlier. He pulls out this paintball gun. And he starts threatening the guy with it. Like, mm. I want these drugs. And the guy's like, dude, it's not... You're not my kids. Like, I'm not your parents. So, yeah, so sure. Yeah. And he hands him the drug, and as he does, Max accidentally shoots the paintball gun right in Max in the other guy's face. Yeah, and then like, then comes like this slow mo like gunfight. The kids just blasting everybody with the paintball, just like blah blah blah. And it was like all the kids in the fraternity getting shot. Um, Thor ends up getting like punched in the face yeah. <laughs> at one point. <laughs> Lucas like throws this guy over his shoulder that like was trying to like ram at him or something like that. Yeah, it was just like it, that scene I really liked because it was like they played it up like if it's an adult film, mm. like if it's a like if it's a legit drunk drug deal gone wrong where bodies are flying, people are getting shot and everything. Yeah, but it's kids. Yeah, and it's a paintball gun, <laughs> which is totally cool. So they run outside and they're like, "Go, go, go!" And Hannah's like, "Why? Like, what happened?" And yeah, they're like, "No, they, just fucking go!" Yeah, they take off. So they, yeah, so they take off, and then um, they give her the they give her the drugs, and she gives them the drone. The drone yeah. And <laughs> then his dad calls. Max's dad calls and says, "Hey, bud, I got an early flight. You know, I'm gonna be home in 15 minutes." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna be so grounded." Yeah, and, and it's funny because, like, the kid, Max, like, gets a drone and, like, flies it across, like, fly, essentially f- flies it across, the, almost across the, the town. They were 1.7 miles away from their his home. Yeah, and, like, gets the drone. And it's funny because, like, that drone scene kind of reminded me of uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off where he's, like, running to get home to beat the parents. Mm. Um, and, like, you would actually kind of think, like, oh, if the drone lands, this is kind of, like, where the movie's going to end. Or we're going to, we're coming up to, like, close to the end of the movie. But, like, the kid, <laughs> the kid gets a drone inside the house. He has to, like, go through the chimney. The camera on the drone is, like. Full of soot and ash. Yeah, right. And he's like, no, no, no. I know my house like the back of my hand. And the drone just destroys the house. It's, like, cuts the pillow, fucks up everything. All the plants, the walls, the pictures. Yeah, even, like, knocks out the uh, lighting in the kitchen and almost, like, starts a fire. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, we did it. We did it. The dad gets home. He's like. What the fuck, man? <laughs> so he like immediately calls Max and was like, "Hey, bud." Uh, oh, he's like cursing his ass. Yeah, out. he's pissed. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like, "You're like, you need to come home. You're grounded." Yeah, and then this is where like the movie kind of it takes a more personal touch because the kids are actually fighting like back and forth. Yeah, now they're fighting because 
Max can't go to his kissing party. He's pissed. Yeah, and like everything that's happened is because of Max wants to get to this kissing party. Um, Thor gets his not Thor. Um, Lucas gets his arm, his shoulder dislocated at one point. They thought they killed somebody. Yeah, like all this, they end up losing their bikes. Yeah, and all because Max wants to get his kissing party. And this one, like, this is like where the essentially where the third act kind of the third act kicks in. The beginning of the third act kicks in. And I actually really like this transition because I honestly thought there was gonna really no, no there wasn't gonna be any like uh, fall of the hero or whatever I forgot what the the terminology is when the 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 team of the hero is at the like lowest point and pick themselves up. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't think they were gonna do that. Yeah, because it was like a it's kind of a kid raunchy film. I don't know why they it did seem like they were just not gonna do it, mm-hmm. but they did it, and it was like and it was like no hiccup or anything. It was just like wow, that was a really great transition, especially seeing. The three kids fight each other. Yeah, like they're fighting. Lucas is like, you're so worried about everyone thinking you're a faggot because you like to sing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, but you're really good at it and you should do that. And it's really cool. And then his, you know, he's like, no one wants to play Ascension with you to Lucas. And he's like, and, you know, but it's okay. Like we're, you know, I forget what he said, but he was basically like, you know, you're a good friend, but maybe we shouldn't be friends anymore because Mm. we don't get along. We're like growing apart. Yeah. So, uh, Lucas goes back home to his family and they don't believe anything he fucking says because he's still (laughs) telling the truth at every turn. Yeah. Cause they think like, because, uh, because they get, the parents are getting divorced. They think like, Oh, Lucas is obviously making up the story to get attention. Right. He's like, no. Um, one thing I have to give that I really liked is that, Max got grounded, but Max bit the bullet for everybody. And they there's even a scene where oh Thor's mom comes in. See there. Oh yeah. Thor's mom come in. He's like, did you hear that Max ditched school and did this and this and that? Did it all by himself? Thor's like, what? You know, (laughs) which is like okay, it's a sign of like. He's like he said that, and she's like, yeah, but promise me you'll never do that. He's like, I I won't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So then in the the rest of the movie kind of goes by as they finally go to the kiss like. Um, Lucas doesn't want to lose his friends, so he's, he gets Max, he gets Thor, he like, he like tricks Max and Thor to like meet at the, the kissing party. They get together, and then there's like, here's another part where the movie kind of slowed down a little bit too much, where they go to the kissing party. Mm-hmm. There was like a little bit of jokes here and there. Um, it seemed kind of, I don't know, I, I felt like it kind of went on a little bit longer than it should have. Like mm-hmm. they could have cut off maybe about maybe five minutes out of that scene the whole kissing party scene mm. um max eventually like kisses the girl that he wants to kiss and thor's been like battling this idea of like maybe i don't maybe i'm not a singer maybe i shouldn't do this and funny enough the two girls that have been chasing them uh one of them is like the kid's sister yeah soren the cool so, kid yeah the one's throwing the party and she and them being like high as fuck off of molly or like, no, Thor, sing. We want to hear you sing. And then like <laughs> Thor starts singing. Um, and then like happens like a, then goes like a montage, right? Yeah. So it's like okay, you know, a month later, this is where their friendship is. Lucas is hanging out with Scab. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like this. It's a school something against bullying or something like school council. Yeah, school council against against bullying, and they're called Scab. And I was like, what was that intentional? And then they're like, Scab, Scab. I'm like, okay, that was intentional then. And then um, 
So I, he like he found his group of kids and they play Ascension and then yeah, you which know, is a card game. It's like it's like Magic the Gathering or whatever. You know? And fucking Max ends up with a girl and she breaks up with him and he dates her friend instead and she breaks up with him and then the first girl and the second girl start dating Date each, each other, other and yeah. he's crying yeah. in every scene. I like what, I like <laughs> this is gonna make me sound like an asshole, but I kinda like it. I like seeing him cry. Cause he was like scream crying, like his mouth was wide open. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thor got into the musical that he wanted to get into, and it yeah. was like it was, it was a, very inappropriate for kids. Yeah, it was. Um, it's, it's called School of Rock, but it's based off of an actual play. Like they did a Tom Cruise movie based around it. No, no. Wait. They're all rock stars, so yeah. they they play rock stars, and they're all doing drugs and stuff like on the stage, like yeah, fake it was drugs, like, and yeah. like. And then the teacher takes a hit like backstage, and he's like, "Yeah, it's my fucking play." Yeah, this is my mag. What's it called? Magnum Magnum Opus or something like that. He calls yeah. it. Um, and then they have like a a party for Thor because you know for all the kids who were in the play and mm. all the f- the friends come together and they. You know, they're like, we can still be friends. We just don't have to hang out all the time. Yeah, like they all, they all three get together, and like Max has a new girlfriend. Uh, Lucas has a new set of friends that play Ascension, and Thor is like really thinking about doing this whole music thing, like as a, as a like legit, yeah, like a legit future. Um, I like that them kind of coming together because it was almost a, it was like a very adult situation, like a real adult situation where. Uh, friends haven't seen each other years. They come back together and they're like, "Hey, let's hang out at least like at least once a month." But I thought it was really cool, especially like having kids do it. Yeah. Um, the 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 time frame is kind of funny because Max has been grounded, and they make it seem like he's been grounded for like ten years. He's supposed <laughs> to be grounded for like what, like a month? Yeah, that was it. Rock of Ages. There you go. They do like there you go. The Thor does a school version of Rock of Ages. Yeah. Which is really hilarious. Um, yeah, and then like they 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 just kind of become friends again, but the but like 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 all realistic um, child or childhood is that your friends your friends with your friends at a certain age into a point where you just kind of break apart, right? Because you grow older, you go different paths, right? Which I have to give I have to give credit for the movie for that. I I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. So all in all. Mm-hmm. Do you think people should watch it? Absolutely. I say yes, too. Absolutely. It actually beat... Um, the fuck was that? <laughs> the neighbors are taking a shower, so everyone can know. Oh, that was the pipes? Yeah. <laughs> I, thought it was like a, I thought it was like a door alarm. Like, you know, front door is open. No. Oh, they're, yeah. They're taking a shower at, at around this time. Um, yeah. Actually, I, I, read, I read somewhere that it beat uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Over and rightfully so. <laughs> uh, I believe it beat Hobson Shaw either overseas or um, or just over the weekend. Um, it's released, so it, like, rightfully so. It was a really great film. I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. Yeah. And yep. Uh, show debut at uh, twenty-one million dollar over the box office weekend, and oh yeah, lands on number one spot. Yeah, it beat it beat Hobson Shaw. That's hilarious. 
Rightfully so. Yeah. And uh, now we're going to move on to try this. Uh, we watched a movie during the week last week. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was called The Farewell. Um, it was directed by Lulu Wang and um, written by Lulu Wang. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's starring Aquafina, who played Billy, uh, Tsima, who played the father. And um, I have to mention Zhao Shuzhen. Mm-hmm. She played Nai Nai, which is the grandma. Mm-hmm. And she is fucking adorable. I love her. Yeah. I, I Like, she was so believable and like... Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't help but love her, even though she's like, you stupid girl. Like, but she always said it with, like, so much love in her voice. Yeah, I think, um, I think that, I think that actress, I think she's, like, a big-time actress in Korea or Japan. Probably, like, Korea. Yeah. That's from what I heard. Um, yeah, we, we checked this out, um, because it's, it's been popping up all over the place of, you know, like a, an indie darling and stuff like that, and, I, I, the, the story of the farewell is a Chinese family discovers that their grandma, their grandmother, uh, has only a short, short while left to live and decide to keep her, uh, in the dark, scheduling a wedding together before she dies. Um, this really struck with me because, and I, and I suggested that Kelsey and I go watch it because, um, someone close to me, um, their grandmother was, uh, had terminal cancer and, they and they actually her family kept that information away from her because they didn't want her to know because like in the movie um if they say when they know they're gonna die it's worse than the death itself because it's the anticipation of death Mm -hmm. so all these family members are coming down and everything and they visited her and she didn't understand why but she's like oh my god everybody's here i love it blah, blah blah and then eventually they told her and eventually like she did die um no no, no, no. I'm talking in my personal story. Oh, oh, my oh. personal story. No, in this movie, it, it was completely different. Okay. Well, I mean, it was, it was similar. The subject is similar. And that's why I was just like, I got to watch this movie. It sounds so interesting. Um, the, story about, the story about this is that uh, Lulu Wang actually had this story. She had been trying to make a movie about this. And instead, she had to make it a, a segment, an NPR segment on This American Life. And... A producer heard the segment and was like, we got to turn that into a movie. That, therefore, this is why we have The Farewell. Didn't you say they were like, oh, and you have to put a white person in it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lulu Wayne had spoken to uh, in, uh, KCRW's The Business. And one of the stipulations that, because um, she had to get finance for this. And it was actually like this really intense story of how she got finance for, how, they, how her and the producer got finance for this film. And uh, the American market was like, there was an American producer who was like, you got to put a white person in it. And this story is a predominantly Chinese story. It, all the actors and actors are Chinese. It's in subtitle. It's subtitled in Chinese. It takes place in China. Um, and even like, for, even though financiers in China were just like, this is too American, but you got to put a white person in it. <laughs> Yeah, because they they were like, yeah, it's too American. We don't want it to seem like you're trying to be too Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Lulu Wang was just like, no, 
this is a story I want to tell and how I'm going to tell it. And she told it. And it's a great fucking film. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelt's like, what, 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 what's your take on the whole thing? For me, it's definitely a great commentary on family because it's the story of this young adult woman who's in college and she's like trying to make it on her own, but she doesn't, mm-hmm. she doesn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Her family is like, she has her mother and her father in America with her and that's it. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't get along with her mother and her father also thinks she's kind of a fuck up. Yeah. But they have like a good relationship between the two, but the mother is, they, they have an ass. okay relationship. It's, it's like they really love each other, but he still doesn't know how to communicate with her. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he'll have a moment here or there where he really says the right thing, but sometimes his tradition gets in the way too. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, when she ends up in China, you get to see her with this family that she was made to leave because she remembers being in China as a child. And yeah. You know, seeing where her nai grew up and... Yeah, and she hasn't been back since, like, she was, like, six years old or something like that. Yeah. Well, no, she had gone to China a few times, but she mm. wasn't living there since she was six years old. Yeah, and the relationship uh, between um, uh, Aquafina, That's her name, Aquafina, right? Mm-hmm. The actress Aquafina and the lady who plays nai it's like authentic. I really like that relationship between the two because you could have swore they were really related. Yeah. Um, like the, the, the grandmother acts like they're so close because the grandmother has like this huge spirit. Mm-hmm. Like she can't do anything wrong. Like she's the matriarch of the family mm-hmm. and she kind of gets herself into like little troubles here or there. Like she does kind of weird stuff, but everyone just lets her get away with it. And then here's Billy, um, and she has that same kind of spirit, but everyone just thinks she's a fuck up when, you know, her and her grandmother are very similar, but even her grandmother kind of thinks she's a fuck up too. Yeah. But like in a kind of, in a cutesy way, she's like, and what I, I, one of the things I really like is her grandma, her grandma, like with her other kids and her uh, sisters get it, her sister who's played by Hong Lu. Um, she, you know, with her kids as well, she understands, Nina understands that the, that those kids are like their thing. And like, there is a, I believe that, um, the son, the son goes off and to be like a doctor in Japan or something like that, or a businessman in Japan. And she, he's like, you know, he was best destined to do that. He was destined to get married, have kids. Your father was destined to get married, have kids. But when it comes to Billy, she's not, she doesn't feel that she, she doesn't feel that her granddaughter has to follow the, the, the traditional marriage or traditional method of getting married, having kids and all that kind of stuff. She like, she really establishes the idea that she believes that Billy Aquafina's character should be independent, that she'll, she'll decide when she wants to get married, when she gets married. She, she puts no pressure on her granddaughter mm-hmm. at all, which she jokes with her yeah. at one point about, Oh, maybe you should get married then someone to take care of you yeah. one day. But I, she's very proud of her for choosing a different path, even mm-hmm. though it's definitely a hard one. Yeah, they they make a joke that like um, a doctor, there's a doc. The grandma has to go to the hospital because something's up with her, and the doctor, uh, who's this this young handsome doctor who speaks English and all other languages, and he actually has like a British accent. 
you know, is, is attending to the grandmother, and the grandmother's like, oh, you speak English? You know, are you and, single? Yeah, yeah, are you single? And like, there's a moment of like silence, which is like, eh, eh, like, to like Aquafina, <laughs> like, this is your husband right here. Um, but, um, and then the acting, the acting was fucking phenomenal. I absolutely love that acting. It was, I thought it was the one of the best scenes for me. Um, as far as the acting goes is when they finally make it to the wedding and they have to do their speeches. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think the son, the son of the grandmother, right? Yeah. The the businessman. He's just like up there pouring his heart out and Mm. everyone's like, we know you're crying because Nine-Nine's dying, but we're going to clap and say you're crying because you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I think, I think that's funny because one of the reasons, the main reason why they didn't want Billy, they didn't want Billy to come to China because they knew that Billy, because Billy was very adamant of like, you have to tell her, like, this is wrong, you know? And they were, they eventually told Billy like, no, you're not going to come because you're going to give up the ghost. You're going to tell grandma, you can tell Nine-Nine this. And when Billy gets there, there are a lot of times where, they think Billy is going to give it up, but she doesn't. She plays it coy and everything. Yet at the wedding, the, the son, the, the, the business, one who's like, you can't tell, you can't yeah, tell. is like bawling and crying. And just like, I love you, grandma. You're the best. Blah, 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 blah. But he's just like, I'm sorry. I'm so emotional at weddings. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the best part of the entire movie, other than the acting and the performance and the story, Mm. Were the shirts. Yes. <laughs> As I roll my eyes, nodding, like, yeah, uh-huh, here we go. It's, it's hot here in California. We're still in the summer. I like wearing Hawaiian shirts because they're comfortable and I look slick as shit in them. And dated. And dated. No, I'm just kidding. I don't care. <laughs> the father wears some nice Hawaiian shirts. And I kept leaning over to Kelsey like, that's a nice shirt. I like that shirt. <laughs> I made a joke. So I'm going to find out where he got all those shirts. Mm. I'm going to buy them. How's that a joke? That's that's a that's an, that's a positive for me. I, I like that. Yeah, but that would cost me money. That's not my issue. You say you're going to buy them. <laughs> and it's recorded. As, it's, there's record of it. As a joke. No, no, no. You can't take it back. We shook on it, too. No, we didn't. No, we, you, swore, you swore a blood oath that you would get Ew. those shirts. <laughs> we spit in our hands and shook. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i mean it was really great film there was um some realism that i really liked with mm-hmm. uh billy's relationship with her mother oh yeah that was like some hard shit though because she really you could tell she really didn't like her daughter like she didn't like billy i think because she didn't like billy's uh free-spirited uh attitude she's like you show too much emotion. Yeah. And I don't like putting my emotions on display. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, there's no use for that. There's no reason for it. Mm-hmm. I don't f- understand why people expect me to do the same thing that they do where emotions are concerned. I think that, I think that was a really great change up because in more Americanized films and even like a little bit older films, they would have it as the father being very cold, very stoic, very like, don't show your emotions. But the father was like trying to hold back those tears. And the mother was the more like serious person. Right. On that film. But then towards the end, you, you know, they're leaving Mm -hmm. and they're in the cab 
yeah. on the way back to the airport and you know the mother's crying and you could tell Billy is like like okay you're crying but I know you don't want me to comfort you yeah yeah they they stay apart and like the mother has like this cathartic moment of like she's like she finally lets everything go and it's like this really beautiful shot of them too it is and but I almost get a sense like it still would not change anything for them really yeah like she's doing that on her own and Billy is letting her and that's it. Mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't see it like that. I think they might get a little bit closer. I really don't think so. People like that don't change that's that true. drastically. That's true. Um, yeah, it's a great film. I mean, we don't want to spoil it to let you know, you know, whether the grandma dies or not, but it's a really interesting story. Um, Real, it's a really interesting story. It's realistic as fuck, um, and i I love I love how true the story is. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna recommend that for the try. This and I have a, Mark has the not that. Oh my god. <laughs> mm. Okay, so for the not that is Nicholas Winterreffens. Amazon miniseries, Too Old to Die Young. Um, this is a eight-part, I think it's an eight-part miniseries on Amazon. Each episode goes from about 75 to about 90 minutes long. Okay. I like Nicholas Winterreffens' work. I enjoyed uh, Drive. Kind of enjoyed, I kind of liked God, only God for it. Well, no, I'm not going to lie. I didn't really like that movie. Um, Kelsey and I went to go see Neon Demon. We really like that movie. I love that movie. She loves that movie. It was a great topic for her and I discussed. Be like, what does this mean? What does this mean? I thought about it for a week. Yeah. And his style of filmmaking is so, it's like retro without having to be retro. And soundtracks are really great. And I love the use of his colors. Um, he really makes everything pop. Yeah. The, the, especially especially Neon Demon. Just pop in like neon colors. And, like, and it was all for a reason too. Yeah. Very beautiful. This one... I I I have a hard time fucking watching this show. It's Miles Teller plays as a detective who lives a double life as a killer and as a cop. I mean, he's a detective. His friend, uh, someone close to him, dies, and he's kind of thrown into like this world of like violence and like secrets being revealed and all this kind of stuff. Each episode is an hour and a half long. Well, close to an hour and a half long. Some of them are a little bit different. I'm gonna give you an example of their dialogue. What are you doing here? I don't know why you're asking. Because I want to fucking know. Okay. That's the level of dialogue. That's how like the dialogue, the long pauses and the stares is really fucking weird. I get it when they do it for like a scene to bring in the emotional impact, but they do it oh, the whole fucking movie. And it's and a lot of people are doing blank stares like to someone off scene it's i i i had a heart look i gave it one episode i watched 20 minutes of the second episode and i was like fuck this i'm done i'm i'm gonna rewatch my hunter yeah and i and i did that and what was you and i were talking about you and i were talking about this and i forgot what you said how his art you were describing you were giving me a you're 
you're describing what you said about Nicholas Webinson's art style, that he doesn't know the difference between when to do art and when not to do it, or something like that, right? Yeah, well, he doesn't know, like... I don't think he knows the difference. He No, I said he's a true artist, right? Okay, yeah. So, like, sometimes he hits it right, but then there are times where he wants to get too experimental, maybe. I think this is it. And so he's like, I'm going to do something really outside the box, and everyone's going to love it. And then it's like, no, because you can't even dissect that. Yeah, and, like, I remember you you and I were looking forward to this, and I heard... I didn't even know it dropped on Amazon until like a week ago. Maybe two weeks ago is when I found I was on Amazon. There was no advertising for it. Nothing like that. And then come to find out, like, Amazon, they're not going to pursue a second season with, with, the, with the series. And rightfully so, because I don't know if I want to go back to it. If it's going to be like eight episodes of dialogue like that, fuck me. I, I think I fell asleep at the end of the first one. <laughs> And then I was like, "All right, let's let's do the second one. Come on, you can do it, man. You can do." It. Nah, man. It's, he took a bullet for me. I took a bullet for you. Mm. You, you and I, we like good dialogue. We like fast dialogue. It doesn't necessarily have to be fast all the time. Just as long as it's engaging. This dialogue's not engaging at all. If it's slow dialogue, the pauses have to mean something. The pauses don't mean. I mean, like I said, if the pauses were in a scene where it needed it, great. Don't have it for an hour and a half. Like fuck me, and some of the times the, sometimes the dialogue it's. I don't even like it when people talk slow in general. Like, even there are family members who talk slow, and I'm like, get to the fucking point. <laughs> the, that yeah, you're gonna get an hour and a half of that here. <laughs> I know you kind of do that to my youngest one. Like, cadence, talk, like say something. Yeah, as her question, she's like, I, I felt like I just gave her a calc. I gave a. Uh, eight-year-old calculus question like <laughs> simple yes or no that's all i need from you girl um do you want water um um, um finger to the mouth mm. i don't know then she okay <laughs> this is like this is like your daughter she did tell me she was crazy earlier she like said made a sound or something or she's like i really like that and she's like i sounded like a crazy person <laughs> like Jesus. you sound like a crazy person pretty much all the time wow and she's like oh so yeah that's that's my not not that i ugh, don't even waste your time on this one and um you know since we are gonna come off the disappointment of that and we're gonna go to our geriatric cinematic which i will very boldly say was not disappointing slums of beverly hills beverly hills california a world of wealth glamour and privilege but this is not that beverly hills let's go to sizzler and this is not that movie wake up we're moving again we just got here papa loves mambo we're staying in beverly hills for the good schools you got a good address okay happened overnight. She got stacked just like a mother. God. Look at me. I'm like deformed. You've been blessed. Rest how wonderful. I had the business. I was a big shot, too. Did I ever tell you about the time, time that Charlie the cook? cook? Okay, wise guy. You know, it's the bod that counts. You ask any guy. If he tells you any different, he's lying to make himself look good so he can get down here. <laughs> Shut up. 
That shirt looks great on you. Are you staring at my breasts? No. Who's in there? Some freak slipping around your sister. Did you have anything for my nerves? Second all, demerol, two and all, percent. This movie came out in 1998. It's directed by Tamara Jenkins. Mm-hmm. She's not related to Patty Jenkins, is she? No. I don't know. Tappity tap tap for me. Uh, okay. It was written by Tamara Jenkins. It's starring Natasha Leone mm. as Vivian. I love her. I know we've talked about her before um, in that one show she did, uh, Russian Doll. Yeah. Um, Alan Larkin as Murray and Marissa Tomei as her cousin. Um. The synopsis is, in 1976, a lower-middle-class teenager struggles to cope living with her neurotic family of nomads on the outskirts of, of Beverly Hills. Mm. Um, what's funny about this is that neither Mark nor I have seen this movie before. and She's not related to Patty Jenkins, just to let you know. <laughs> Ma'am. Okay. Um, and I feel like it's actually a good fit to go against good boys mm-hmm. because it's like kind of like the boys almost had like a coming of age and like Vivian did too. Mm-hmm. And it was like a raunchy, it was both it, raunchy it, stories. Yeah, they were both raunchy. Um, I felt like Slums of Beverly Hills wasn't as funny or as quick, but it was definitely as clever. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting um, because it was, I think, more indie. And, yeah, you know, a, we love indie films. Yeah, it's a straight-up indie film from, like, 1998. Yeah, it's yeah. indie as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it definitely gets into, like, all the things that people don't like to talk about, like mm. teenagers realizing that they want to have sex or, um, like, girls having their period or, you know, having crazy fucking relatives who get them into things that they normally wouldn't get into. Yeah, unexpected pregnancies and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a realistic story, yeah. Um, what I like about it is that it's like, and I think you tried to do this on purpose and, and act, like kind of accidentally hit the right note, hmm. that it more follows the women in the movie. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that was one of the factors in, into picking this film for our uh, for our episode. Right. Um, and then also with the mental health issues, because uh, Vivian's cousin, she um, she can't seem to to land anything. Like she doesn't have a job. She like she has a really rich dad. He's always paid for everything her whole life. She's yeah. really fucking crazy. And when when she's introduced into the into the story, she will, escapes like a. Uh, a rehab center. Oh, yeah. She escapes a rehab center. Yeah. She's in, you know, in the middle of the road at night trying to hitchhike and then she couldn't get anyone to stop. So she's only wearing a robe. So there's like a trucker and she just opens her robe for him mm-hmm. like, here I am. Stop for me. And of course he stops. Well, yeah. You now know, because boobies. And then, yes. <laughs> you know, and that's how she's like, cool. I'm going to get where I'm trying to go. Mm. Um, one thing I, one thing I really liked is, um, I like that, which is an Alan Arkin, mm-hmm. the guy who played the father. That is a really great actor. And he comes off as a, a uh, I like the fact that he's, he's obviously really old 
and they've made jokes in the they made jokes in the movie about like oh is that your grandpa oh yeah and he's like she's like no that's my dad but they don't really explain like the whole age gap that happened that's made between their mother and the father mm-hmm. and i like the fact that like we don't really even find out what happened with that relationship between the mom and dad yeah and because um that kind of puts you in the mindset of the kids themselves because at that age you really don't understand why mom and dad split you just know they're split oh i think at that age they probably do know yeah but they never really like they didn't like this never that's never brought up yeah and i think that's i think that's never brought up because it's like that we are this family we have to survive we have each other's backs yeah which is really great which actually vivian kind of struggles with yeah Mm -hmm. because she's like okay like this is what i'm talking about the mental illness and her father is definitely like he wants to have a better life but he's not really willing to work for it he wants to scam his way into wherever he can and they move like once a week or once a month or something like that because he doesn't pay rent and then they kick him out yeah or he escapes he escapes in the middle of the night right so she's like dad like what about the towels and stuff he's like you can buy that stuff somewhere else Mm -hmm. and you know and he's always asking money from his brother who's well off yeah they even toy with the idea that um he might have a gambling problem oh yeah um but they never really delve into it and i think this goes back to what i mentioned earlier that it's this is from a perspective of the children dad always didn't have money but we were always off we're always okay but mm-hmm. they never find out why Dever, dad never had money until later on. Right. Um, so we have like, it does. they don't hammer it, but they give you like an idea of maybe something was kind of happened behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, what I really like about the, <laughs> there's a few scenes that were kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. So of course the cousin is like, you always come across as a like a girl. You come across like one female in your life who's you see you see her as like really fucking crazy. Mm. Like you know she's gonna get you in trouble. She's like has her own mind, mm-hmm. and that's her cousin for her. Yeah. So um, her cousin Rita um, has a vibrator. I like okay. If we're gonna talk about that scene. I, I gotta say first I really like that scene no I do too mm-hmm. but it's definitely like you get close to like as a like a girl you get close to other females that mm-hmm. seem like they know more things but sometimes they know more things that they either shouldn't be teaching you oh yeah you know what I'm saying yeah, like yeah. like I remember being in middle school in like eighth grade. And my friend, um, her older sisters used to get like cosmopolitan magazines and stuff. And they would always be like, how to find a guy's G spot and all oh this my shit. God. And I was what, like 12 years old? Like, yeah, I tell you, totally want to know that at 12, right? <laughs> totally want to know. So that's that. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it made me, like, I felt like I was that age again. Um, and it, but it was a really cute scene, you know, like she comes across this vibrator and her cousin's like, you know this is the vibrator you know know? attacking her with it basically like they're dancing around and like playing or whatever because Mm -hmm. she's like ew don't touch me with it or whatever but they were like it wasn't sexual it was just funny yeah they were like they were like 
uh, the cousin, Marissa Tomei, she turns on music and they're like just throwing the vibrator. Like they're playing a game of like, not hot potato, but like. Oh, yeah. It's almost like that. Yeah. But like one of them throws a vibrator and then they start dancing and the other throws the vibrator and then they start dancing and it keeps going back and forth. And it's like this really cute moment of like, oh, these are like just two girls just just hanging out like just being silly and shit yeah and also not ashamed of sexuality too oh yeah this that's it's empowering actually to see that yeah the thing i really liked about this movie is that uh, natasha leone's character um the movie kind of focused on how she's becoming a woman and how she how she has like this large breast these this large breast these large breasts <laughs> and how she almost sees it as like as a as a deformity and Mm -hmm. really being uncomfortable and from what i read that was like the director's point she really wanted to wanted to hearken the idea of the women don't feel comfortable with their bodies when this when it's changing Mm -hmm. and how natasha own has that that mentality but then she starts taking control of it like even um the guy that she befriends with who's obviously staring at her breath is just like do you want to touch him like go ahead like go and touch him so she gets the power she takes the power from him yeah you know and she's in control of the situation which i like she actually even lies to him at one point and says yeah i've I've been with a guy before yeah yeah and then something something like a guy would totally do as well yeah i've been with tons of girls yeah yeah but i think it's different like when guys do it they're Mm -hmm. just like yeah i'm gonna lie because i want you to know that i have experience so that you'll fuck me Mm. Like, so that you're not going to be like, oh, my God, he's a virgin. He doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, okay. When I think in this film, though, like, she's like, yeah, because I want to get it over with. Like, oh, yeah. Like, true, I yeah. want the power to do what I want to do with my body when I want to do it. Not mm. because some guy wants to take my virginity, but because, like, I don't want to have any big, like, romantic idea of what it's like to lose your virginity and be in love with somebody i just want to get it over with yeah 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 absolutely um there's even later on the scene they eventually she ends up she eventually ends up losing her virginity but yeah she takes control of the situation and then he gets upset with her because he's like i just took your virginity didn't i and you didn't tell me yeah he's more traumatized by it yeah you know he's more like and i like how they don't really play up they don't really give the typical you know, uh, guy directed Hollywood idea of, Oh, I took this girl's virginity. And now she's going to be clinging. Instead, the guy becomes clinky as fuck. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just going to walk home. Yeah. And like, eventually near the end of the movie, they're like, they have to move again. And she like, she's going to lose contact with the guy. And the guy's like, are you serious? Like, I thought we had something going on. Yeah. Even and though she keeps repeating, like, it's just a building thing. I don't want people knowing we're together. Yeah, exactly. And like the Tessiano's character is, I think she's supposed to be like 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And the guy is like 18, 19 or something like that. Yet yeah. She's more mature than he is um, in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had, I did. There were a lot of, there were a couple of parts where it was kind of like laugh out loud. Hilarious. <laughs> like there's a scene where like the father, um, one of the things that the family does that kind of like unifies them is that they go to a sizzler and have dinner, have like a cheap steak for dinner. And at one point the father uh, needs to call the waiter and he goes, Hey, Hey Jackson. <laughs> and it's a black dude. And it's a very like racist thing to say. And the black dude was like, what? <laughs> you know, Well, it's funny because the way he looks at him though is not mm-hmm. like what it's like, huh? 
Yeah, but very like, huh? And then like he slams the place. He's like, fuck this shit, man. Because yeah. it's a very like racist thing. Even the kids were like, dad, you can't say that. Well, it's funny because I'm like, I've never heard that one before. And you're like, oh, I haven't either. I haven't either, but I kind of, it's like a stereotypical, like, hey, that guy looks like a Lopez or that guy looks like a Lee or something yeah. like, like, you know, that looks like a Anderson, you know, a white name. <laughs> sure. Anderson is definitely totally white. I, like I, Anderson I, Pack. Yeah. Totally white well, name. Well, I would say last name, but I can't even say that because it's my brother's last name. So, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I I thought, I tell you, I'm surprised how much of a, how much of a perfect combination Slums, Slums of Beverly Hills and Good Boys was. Because um, they're both coming of age uh, and they're both raunchy, but they're like levels of raunchy, but they're like the right amount of raunchy that fix, fits within that frame of the movie. Right, and then... They're not too matchy-matchy, though, because one is, like, definitely someone's life story, Mm -hmm. and then the other one is just, like, them going through the course of, like, a day trying not to get killed. Yeah, yeah. And and, and we have to mention that um, even though the story of Slums of Beverly Hills is relatable, let's say, to Kelsey, it's taking place in, like, the 70s, which proves that, like, what what happens in a young girl's life it's it's timeless you know whether it's this time or 50 years prior 50 years in the future that's actually really true i'm glad you said that because i'm looking at my 12 year old recently (sighs) and well she's going to be 12 next month Mm -hmm. and that child is like i actually told her today i was like because i was mad at her i had a bad day at work and i'm like you are gonna be 12 years old now you are not a child anymore mm-hmm. you are not a baby or a child and like some of the things that she's going through now it's like you don't know what you are mm-hmm. and so it's like i'm glad you said that because like that's definitely something that's been on my mind and it's definitely something that's in this film yeah i'm, I'm dreading that myself because i have a little girl <laughs> Oh my God, she's going to get to the teenage years and that's when all hell's going to break loose. It will if you think it will. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, great film yes. for Slums. Great film for Slums of Beverly Hills and great film um, Good Boys. Good Boys, yep. Wow. Man, we're just all positives all around today. I know. Except for Peter Fonner's death and... Uh, too old to die young. Yeah, too old to die young. Ugh. <laughs> oh, man, if you want to watch a good show, go watch My Hunter. Everybody's watching that show right now. That is a great show. Yes, great show. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Yep. Um, just a, a quick shout out to Lee Llewellyn who did the intro for the show mm, and our outro and our outro. Um, he is the bassist and lead vocalist for the band The Electric West. You can find them on Facebook and theelectricwest.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a really good job, I must say. Yeah. And uh, for our next show, um, I think we're going to do Ready or Not. That is a horror film. It is about a family that is hunting down the son's soon-to-be wife for the night. Oh, I want to see that. All right. We're going to see yeah, We're gonna see Ready or Not. But you said Ready or Not. And I got, Ready or Not, here I come. 
you can't hide. Gotta find you and take you. Fugees. Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. So yeah, we're going to do Ready or Not. Uh, our geriatric cinematic. Uh, we don't know what that is going to be yet. But uh, what's our social media accounts so they can kind of keep up? Uh, we are at Appeal Real. That's two E's for real. Mm, that's the Twitter. That's for Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram is Real Appeal. Yes, ma'am. You're like saying with a question, Real Appeal? Is it? <laughs> and Facebook is the Real Appeal. Yeah. And we- you can also find us, um, well, you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, sorely disappointed no one has emailed us yet. What are you talking about? We get emails all the time. We just can't email, we can't answer all of them. <laughs> about a thousand. Look, we you know we made a Facebook page actually. Yeah, we actually have a Facebook group page. Yeah. Um, if you okay, so if you go on Facebook and if you type in the real appeal, you'll get a Facebook like page. But you should really join our facebook.com slash groups slash the real appeal. That's our group page. Yeah, you should join that one because we'll post in there. Like, I posted in there who um, who really wants to see like a, a Home Alone reboot. Yeah, you know, well, and, we had a and good it, discussion with that. Yeah, like there were a bunch of people who were like, "No, nah, I'd rather see Disney redo like some foreign film that no one's seen before." Yeah, yeah, and then of course we, I asked the question, "What's the worst movie you've ever seen?" And it was just like. I wish I never saw this. Why did I not leave the theater? All this kind of shit. Yeah. So that was good. But yeah, I mean, check us out there and uh, keep in touch. And um, I have to say that uh, we love you. <laughs> and I love you more. Don't don't let Mark tell you that he loves you more. <gasps> I'm going to be your favorite parent. Okay. Okay. Fine. You <laughs> get two. Folks, you get two Christmases. <laughs> two birthdays. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.